Welcome to the Worship Central podcast. We are passionate to see the worship and creativity of churches throughout the world set on fire. Join us as we explore what this might look like. So for today, what we thought we would do is just gather a few of our dear friends and leaders and worship leaders just from some different nations. And they're just going to share something that is perhaps stirring in their heart or perhaps stirring in their nation. So we have Peter from Vancouver, Canada. We have Celine from Switzerland. We have Nikki Fletcher from Australia. We have Stu from Malaysia, we have Langa from South Africa. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna hand over to one at a time, they're gonna intro themselves and just share. So today you're gonna be hearing an abundance of worship truths from amazing, beautiful people. Hey Peter, can we, can we start with you? Is that okay? Yeah, that's great, thanks. Go for it, bro. Um, well, I don't, I don't know, I mean, you know, what truths I have. I mean, I cling on to the Bible, but I'm gonna, I was prepared to just share about what's been happening in Canada. Um, so my name is Peter, and I've been uh, part of Worship Central since 2013. And when I first uh, got introduced, um, it really, it was because it was, it was a, the course, the Worship Central course was a gift to me and my team. Um, we, as a church, now 15 years into existence, um, we still don't have a staff worship pastor. And this was in 2013 then, and that, that was, you know, like even, even then, we, we obviously didn't have a worship pastor. And that course was, was everything. It uh, changed the way that we do team, and uh, we ran team nights, and we started to build on our uh, theology and honestly across Canada. So this is the context of Canada. There are um, 90%. So 90% or more churches in Canada are only 200 people or less. So we have a lot of smaller sized, medium sized churches that are uh, mostly, um, you know, understaffed, I would say. Um, So we rely a lot on volunteers a lot on lay leaders, um, and in a lot of those circumstances, a lot of us aren't trained. And I know that the churches all want to train and mean well, but the resources aren't there. So when something like Worship Central Course comes along, it is gift wrapped. So we immediately took to it, and I personally just was 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 so grateful. And so I eventually got more involved, and um, and we started running. Um, we started running uh, what we called hubs. So they were gatherings for leaders and worship leaders and really was a place for us to uh, network. We intended for those to be a training ground. So Saturdays and, you know, brunch time, we provide food and we wanted to just kind of like run a bit of training and teach people. But we realized when we went, when we got into those spaces with these 50 or 60 leaders, I think the conversations start by themselves because when you struggle, you just want to be able to talk about it. And, um, and that, um, I think was very formative for worship central in in Vancouver, especially that's where I'm based, but in Canada in some other provinces as well, because, uh, 
um, it was the start of a very unified um, church. I, th- I think looking back, the church at the time, it wasn't as unified as, the, as it is now. And so um, friendships, you know, were formed beyond the walls. And uh, we see people doing their own things like cross, you know, cross pollinating between churches. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. Um, yeah. So then from there, we, we, we started doing conference and conference was just a celebration of a lot of those smaller gatherings. So we've been doing conference since 2015. And now we also run our own worship central Academy. We have done just our first year, finished our first year with 36 students. And it was the most, uh, I've never been part of something like that to be in a room of uh, worship leaders and pastors um, who come from all different backgrounds and cultures and denominations and generationally too. We have a 19 year old, um, you know, reformed charismatic and a 65 year old worship pastor um, from the charismatic movement. I mean, it was, and they love each other and that's the crazy thing. So it's a really beautiful thing. Uh, and I, I'm so grateful that I get to partner with God and partner with all of these people here to do what we love doing. And I love seeing people worship. I think that's, People ask me what I get the most joy out of. I love when people encounter God. That, that's something that's really cool. And I always say that, I think I told Fletcher this, Nikki, Nikki this, but I'm like Monica in Friends. I don't mind just being in the room and watching everybody else have a great time. Like, and that brings me so much joy. So that's a bit of my story. Um, one thing I guess that came to my mind just now, if I was to share anything, this has been speaking to me is that it feels like because we're not gathering physically and many of you might, might know this, right? But it feels like because we're not gathering physically that, uh, worship teams and worship training all kind of is on pause. And especially with just kind of a zoom calls all day, I think slowly everybody's just taking a pause. It's like, okay, we're going to take a break on training, on learning, on getting equipped. But I really think that this is the crucial time to actually delve into training and into what God has in store for us and figure that out. And especially for the creatives in the room, I think this is a very, very crucial time Um, because I don't think we're meant to take a pause because God doesn't pause. And I think he, he wants us to partner with him as much as we can. So that's my truth. Thank you. And I hope that encourages someone. And that's me. It it does. And it it feels like what's happening in Canada is it's a middle of a miracle. Um, it, It really is. And with the way you've led it has been incredible. Maybe just quickly, if you could perhaps, um, just share a bit about Royal city worship. I think it's a great, a great time to share about that and how that was birthed. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mark. Uh, uh, Royal city worship. We just launched last week and we just released our first live, um, single and that yeah thanks Celine. i mean I, I this has been it's it's so it's essentially the writing branch and the creative branch and the artist branch of worship worship central here in canada um and the reason why we named it not worship central is because we i think just as a team we we, we just decided that worship central is going to be focused on training so we but we still are writing music so we need an avenue to release that so these writers have been writing for uh for like the last intentionally for the last two years together and then years before that. And Canada has been 
interestingly, I don't know, I don't know if anyone knows much about Canadian Christian worship music, but since, since the vineyard days, um, less you would know, um, probably the last, you know, movement was, I don't know, probably Starfield, like, and they're not really the movement per se, but the songwriting has just kind of taken a bit of a, just, we're trying to get churches writing. And the purpose of world, world um, city worship is not just so that we're releasing music for people to worship to. We actually want people to write themselves. And that's really, really huge for us. We want churches to write. We want people to write in their rooms and your own bedrooms and all so that. So, um, yeah, that's what we desire for. And, um, and we're going to keep going. We're in new territories and a lot of us don't know what we're doing, but we're just trying to be obedient. And I, I always define success from being obedient, not necessarily what comes after that. And uh, just don't give a care for what the world will perceive it as, as so long as we're obedient to what God has called us to. Wow. So yeah, thanks for listening. D define success by being obedient. That's a good one, guys. Write it down. Write it down. Thank Ooh. you, Pierre. Uh, that is, <laughs> that's beautiful. And thank you. And guys, go check out Rural City Worship. It is beautiful. The hearts of the people shine through. Um, the production, the sound, and the leadership is all beautiful. So thank you, Peter. You are remarkable. Thanks, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and order on my screen. Can we go to Celine in Switzerland? Yay! Oh, <laughs> guys. Good morning. Um, yeah, my name is Celine. Um, we've been part, or I've been part of Worship Central, I think for the last six years now. Um, um, me and my friend Yoni, we work for Campus Crusade in Switzerland. I don't know if you know that organization. It's a big Christian organization. Um, and we started um, a movement in Switzerland for creatives in the music business, but also in churches. So we work with creatives that are full-time musicians. Um, and we, we started to um, expand a bit also into the visual arts. So we work with photographers and graphic designers and all that. So just creatives that love God and that love church but are not necessarily in the church, but we're also part of Worship Central um, for the last five years, I think, six years. And we love um, the movement and we love the vision. And we've um, been in Birmingham like every year for the past four years, five years. How, how long does uh, the week go on? So we love it and we, we love um, the content and what you guys bring spiritually as well. Um, and I also, took over the lead for Worship Central in Austria, I think two years ago, and we're starting to gather the worshipers there. It's a bit difficult if you're not in the country itself. Um, and right now it's a bit difficult because we cannot travel there. Um, but God is doing great stuff and we love it. And we've also, um, like we love the Worship Central course and it's big as well in Switzerland. And we did, I think four years ago, we did a, our own workbook that is in German because we don't speak English. <laughs> um, so our mother tongue is German. Um, and so we created a, a workbook for people. If they use the course, they have like something in their hands that is creative and fun and they can write it in and has a little bit more than, than the handouts and a little bit less than the script. So that's really, really fun. Um, so... I'm part of my local church and I've been worship leading as well there. Um, and with Central Arts, we worship as well. So we did Kingdom Come Nights. I don't know if, if you guys know that. We picked it up from, from the guys in the UK. It's like these um, improvisation and prayer evenings where you just 
wait on the Lord and just do music and sing out songs and sentences that God gives you um, or Bible verses. And out of that, we created a album three years ago that was really a gift from God. And we love to do that and we love worship. And when Mark asked me to share something, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I have something because right now, as you know, the churches are closed. Um, and I feel like this time is really crucial, as Pete said, not just for churches, but also for for us personally on how does our faith look like if church and all our routines fall away. And for me at the beginning, I was relieved. I was like, poof, I have a bit of a break. I know we shouldn't pause, Pete, but I was, I was relieved because as well in Switzerland, the churches are very small, most of the churches. And the responsibilities are usually on a few people that lead worship like every other Sunday or every Sunday. And we don't have a lot of worship pastors that are on staff and that are paid for it. So usually just a few people like have a lot of weight on their shoulders um, in case of leading churches and responsibility in worship as well. And so for me, the beginning of this Corona time, I was relieved of not having to do worship and not having to serve and have a few Sundays off. Um, but it also forced me to think about my relationship with God because I don't have to practice anymore. I don't have to think about worship because I don't have to lead worship on Sunday. And so that all fell away. And I was confronted with like, who is this God that I'm serving and who is he for me? And how am I praying if I don't have a prayer team and not have a small group and not have a worship team that helps me do music that is better than just me on my guitar? And what if, how does my worship look like if it's just me and God in my living room? Um, and that really, like, it was really difficult for me because I felt like, oh, there's not much, there's not much in it right now because I'm so used to having these routines and so used to having these structures that give me a certain input and also give me a certain way of how I, how I, how I, um, live my faith. And I had to really dig deep again and be like, okay, God, it's you and me now. How, what does it look like? Like I have, it's just me and unfiltered God. It's just me and him. He can teach me how he sees me and how he sees the world. And if I read the Bible, I don't have anyone else to explain it to me. So I need the Holy Spirit to help me and guide me through it. And so that was a good time, a struggling time, an intense time. And I feel like that as well for people in churches as well in Switzerland, but also I feel like all over the world, we need to dig deep again and go into that personal space of who is this Jesus for me in this time where, any, where everything else has just fallen away. And God reminded me of this passage in Matthew 11, um, 28. It says, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke fits perfectly and the burden I give you is light. And I love the translation in the Message Bible because there it says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work, me, work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I love that so much. Walk with me, work with me and watch how I do it. And that's what I've been doing the past few weeks. Just, okay, God, I need to walk with you and I need to work with you. And I need you to show me how you do stuff and how you see the world and how you see things and how you read things. And I want to, and I need your grace and I need that on, 
how does it say that unforced rhythm of your grace and yes, so yes. that's been um what god told me and i feel like that's and i wish that for every one of you that we learn how to walk with god and that we learn how to work with god and that we learn how to watch god and how he does things so yeah, yeah that's my truth celine so 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 profound it really is absolutely beautiful i think it was um i think it was john mark comer um who recently said that um, in a time like this, some will look to press into encounter and some will look to to escape. Yeah. Just to actually take this time just to really pressing into encountering him and and being completely transformed in this season. So thank you. So beautiful. So amazing. Hey, um, on to the next one. Stu in Malaysia. Hello. Good to be with you guys today. Good to see you. Um, if we've not met, my name is Stu. I am based in Malaysia. I'm the worship pastor at Holy Trinity, Bukit Bintang. We planted the church five and a half years ago. Um, a team of us came in and planted that church. We're also the home of Worship Central Asia, um, based at HTBB. I've been part of the Worship Central family since 2011. So I was part of the very first academy in tech. We were the guinea pigs. Uh, we trialed the whole thing, and so Nikki Fletcher was my my teacher, and you know, so I'm being best behavior today in her presence. Um, so yeah, loads of fun being part of this community, loads of fun looking after it in um, for Malaysia and, and Asia, um, and I suppose when Mark, when you asked asked me to share uh, just a little bit today, I kind of a couple of things sprung to mind. One thing that God's been speaking to me about personally, which I thought could be a word for for some people on this call today and also just kind of how that widens out to the nation of malaysia and maybe beyond and i think i'm sure we would all agree this has been a pretty crazy time we're not gathering we're not singing corporately you know if we're worship leaders we're probably leading worship down the lens of a camera now and i have had times of excitement thinking about the scope for the reach of the gospel during this season but I have equally had times of complete frustration at what is going on and what is going on um, with, with church and asking God, what is the point? What is this all about? And really specifically, I suppose, crying out to God and just asking, what, what are you doing in this time? What is, what is, what, when we worship you, what are you doing around, um, it, not in, our, in us, but also around the world? And um, God's spoken to me through revelation and in Revelation chapter five, we read of, there's so much in Revelation, right? When it comes to worship, we could talk about it for weeks, but there's one particular worship experience in um, Revelation, the scroll and the lamb. And chapter five, this particular chapter, we read of the four living creatures and 24 elders worshiping the lamb with a new song. Um, and I'm sure here we're all familiar with this concept of the new song. It's something we talk about, sing a new song. Let's, uh, you know, what's the new song at the moment? And however, this really caught my attention afresh because I began to think, well, what is our new song in this season? You know, people are talking about the new normal. Well, what's our new song as Christians? And I looked into this word a, a, a bit more, and there's two words used in um, scripture for the word new, two Greek words used. The first of these words is the word neos, and that means new at a particular point in time. Okay, so that's like birth, like that's neos, it's new in time. And the second Greek word used for new is kainos, 
And that particular type of newness is actually meaning new in kind or new in character. And the, the word kainos is the word that's used regularly in the psalm. Psalm 96 says, sing a new song to the Lord. And this isn't new in the sense that it's a melody we've never sang before, or it's a, it's a pattern of words that we've not sung in that order before. And um, No, this is a song that is new in character. It's new in quality. It's new in richness and in depth because of what the songwriter or the singer of the song has experienced. And I think God reminded me that a greater revelation of God leads to a kainos song. And I feel like during this time in a season that is so uncertain, is so new to, to a lot of us, we're learning this new rhythm of life. We will sing a new song, not in time, but new in depth. And God is revealing himself to us in our homes through the circumstances we face through this pandemic. And I really believe God has, has reminded me that our worship will be all the richer for it. And I, I wonder if maybe part of kind of widening out to what I sense God doing in Malaysia at the moment is I wonder if maybe part of this newness and this has been touched on already, so it's cool to see the themes emerging here, but part of this newness is a deeper sense of unity across churches. Um, and yeah, we're already seeing that in Malaysia, but I also have a sense that this is in your nation as well and globally. You know, almost every church is closed, right? We've all gotten into the same boat of figuring out what this looks like. What does church look like in this season? How does leading worship look like in this season? And in one sense, really practically, we've united, we've had to come together, you know, we're sharing ideas, we're sharing resources, we're like this call, for example, you know, we're texting our other worship leader friends and we're saying, are you streaming on YouTube? Are you going on church online? Are you recording an acoustic set in the building? Or are you doing virtual band? You know, all these things that we're beginning to talk about and, and um, unite over. Um, but I also feel that that kind of uniting on a practical level is leading to uniting of the church on a spiritual level as well and for us in malaysia we are this is a muslim country we're in 62 percent of our population is muslim and um, and we've got about 20 percent are buddhist there's a, a smaller percentage are um, chinese religions and then we have nine percent of the population is christian and as the Christian church begins to unite in Malaysia during this season, we're already seeing leaders of other faiths asking, how on earth is the church managing to harness this season so well? Um, and it's a reminder of John 17, verse 23. Um, and this verse is kind of like a tongue twister. You kind of have to really get your head around it. But it says, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So that's Jesus and he's talking about um, God the Father and us and the church being united in order that the world would see Jesus. And I just really feel like at this season in Malaysia, in every nation, in the global church, people are watching the church during this time. They're watching the church strengthen. They're watching the church rise up. They're watching the church serve their communities and they're watching the church stand united. And I just really have this sense that the church united in this season is going to point people to Jesus.
Oh, Stu, so good. You know, the, the reality is that every single one of these guys that are sharing today could fill an hour live session just with themselves. So, so thank you for all just sharing. It's so beautiful, so profound. Hey, Stu, you mentioned many years ago, Nikki Fletch was yeah. one of the teachers at the Academy. On this public platform, is there anything you want to say to her that you kind of could never have said to her back then, you know? Anything, I mean, really, just... No, I, I've only got love for Fletch. All good things. Yeah. Best teacher ever. Was she too strict, maybe? Nothing, nothing you want to say? No. Fine. She could be harsh. She could be harsh when she wanted to be. No, I always had a soft spot for Stu. Oh, good. Just, just don't, don't show her, like, a, an undercrafted song, is all I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I'm not very good at I'm not very good at being diplomatic. Sometimes, uh, like you don't, you do not have to read between the lines. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's, that's I think that's good. It, it, it may be an Australian thing as well. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, go, go for it, Nikki. You're up. Hey, everybody! Um, all you beautiful people in your different corners of the world. Um, I'm Nikki. I'm <clears throat> I've actually been part of Worship Central since 2007 which is quite a while ago now, 13 years, 14 years, might, might have even been 2006, I can't quite remember. Um, so I moved to London from Australia. I was a worship pastor here um, at a big Pentecostal church back in the 2000s, the early 2000s, and then I moved to London and was part of HTB and Worship Central with Tim Hughes and Al Gordon back then, and then it was me and Ben Cantillon and Luke Hellebrance, and um, we had this amazing season at HTB where we all worked together and served together and wrote songs and toured and started this academy and just um, such a formative season for me personally as a worship leader. I was completely transformed and the, uh, healed and the foundations of um, good theology, um, just rich spirituality and authenticity are probably the things that I really uh, got instilled into me as foundations for what worship is about. Um, so uh, then I moved back to Australia. I had two children and married to Jonathan. We had two children in the UK, um, two little boys. And then after five winters and two little boys, it was just too hard to, <laughs> to be in the UK. So we moved home, um, which was, to be honest, absolutely heartbreaking for me. I just recorded a um, EP. Les was the executive producer and walked me through that and kind of was just feeling like I found my feet in the UK. I found my team. I found my home. Um, and then, you know, we got relocated back to Australia and it was definitely God, but it was one of those death moments in me. So um, one of the things I love about this uh, network, movement, family, crew, whatever you want to call it, is the, uh, the emphasis on relationship and our ministry being through relationship and friendship and um, those relationships go beyond a brand or um, a task or a project, which, you know, brands are great, tasks are great, projects are great, but the church is 
God's people, it's his body. Um, there is no brand, one brand that represents the church. There's no one institution. Um, and what I love about Worship Central, and this is it's part of my 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 church, my 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 global church, being part of the body of Christ. So um in 2013 we moved back and um Tim sat, I said, oh, I've got nothing to do in Australia, no job, nothing to do. And he said, why don't you start Worship Central in Australia? And I was like, but there is no Worship Central in Australia. And he said, great, you start it, off you go. And then I sat down with Mark. I remember sitting down with Mark in London going, what have you done? And he just said, I literally just called every worship pastor I know and had a conversation. And so I basically took his strategy and just duplicated it in Australia. And then for about four years, we did conferences, gatherings, songwriting recorded a bunch of albums been amazing time of unity in gathering people around Jesus and different worship leaders and just a real wellspring I think but then sorry guys this is a long story then um three years ago (laughs) had baby boy number three and that kind of wiped me out and so for the last three years I've, I've always for the last 20 years continued to lead worship in my local church so I've never kind of come off the roster, even through all the pregnancies and the kids. And so, but, but aside from that and my home and my family, after baby three came, I was like, I literally can't do anything except for look after kids and serve at church a couple of times a month. Um, so worship centrals uh, and, and training worship leaders has been a little bit on the back burn a little bit on pause for the last few years. But what God has actually, but my calling hasn't been on pause and my purpose hasn't been on pause. And what God's been doing in my life personally um, has actually prefaced this whole season of lockdown because this season of lockdown for me personally and for what I'm hearing in Australia and all the worship leaders I'm talking to, it's a real been a real dismantling of what we've come to know church as, our frameworks, our institutions, our gatherings, our networks, our song lists, our Sunday services. Um, And so it's been an opportunity to get right back to the heart of, firstly, who we are as Christians. And like Celine was talking about, like, who are you, God? What do I believe? what is being a Christian, what is following Christ. Um, and so I guess that, that dismantling has been a personal thing for me for a few years now. Um, and what I've discovered is that uh, who, we are created to worship, essentially. That's what I've discovered. That's why God created us, to know him. <laughs> And we are called to lead other people's, uh, sorry, other people into relationship with Christ. And we are gifted with music, with songs, and we use those gifts to help people meet with Christ. But first of all, we have to learn how to lead ourselves in worship. And we can do that on a Sunday week after week with the band and with the encouragement, with the prayer and you're awesome and that was rocking this morning and, you know, great drummer's going to help you lead, your, lead, your, lead yourself in worship. 
But when all that's stripped away and all you have is yourself and your own dysfunctions and your own emotional problems and your own chaos and everything going on in the world and you're there in your home all by yourself, how do you lead yourself in worship? And I guess for me, this process has been another confirmation that all we need as worship leaders is the Holy Spirit. We really need the Holy Spirit, like you are saying, Celine, because the beautiful Holy Spirit is the one that leads us to Christ. So number one, come Holy Spirit. I'm here in my home all by myself. My kids are pulling my hair. I've got coffee all over me and I've got no gathering to pump me up. Come Holy Spirit. And then, uh, and then it's through knowing Christ that we, that we encounter our Father, God. And so for me, I've just been relearning again to lead myself in worship, um, to really get strong at my daily disciplines, whether I feel like it or not, to get back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? We should be spending more time in the Bible than we are on Instagram. Like just basic, basic, come on, like let's go deeper. And we can talk about going deeper and deeper and deeper and hype ourselves up. But if we're not, if we're not cultivating the secret place and the daily disciplines and becoming disciples and leading ourselves in worship, how on earth are we going to lead the world in worship? <laughs> you know, so, and who knows what we're going back to, uh, when all this is over, who knows what the church is going to look like. I'm so excited because I just feel like God is just going to breathe his spirit into a whole new thing. And like you were saying, Stu, a whole new sound of worship. Um, but I want to be there pointing people to Jesus full of the Holy spirit um, and seeing transformation in Avalon beach and all over the world. So that's what God's been doing in my heart. Sorry to ramble. Nikki, I mean, it wasn't a ramble at all. It was, it was profound. I saw, I saw Peter said mic drop. But, you know, if, if, oh. if, if we, oh, Pete. You know, if we're not, if we're not leading ourselves, how, how can we lead the world? You know, and just the importance of um, leading ourselves is, is so brilliant. And also loved what you said about, you know, even as your context changed over the years with, you know, more babies, different, you know, countries this and this and this your calling and your purpose never changed which is so brilliant and just it was amazing so good and just always love your raw and passionate and honest um insights so thank you nikki it was so good yeah. hey um hey one more um langa mbunambi from south africa hey guys hey hey uh thanks for letting me share uh, guys, my name is Langa. I'm from uh, South Africa. I live in Johannesburg. I uh, am a worship leader at a church called Every Nation in Johannesburg. And uh, I also lead a worship uh, movement uh, slash collective called We Will Worship. And uh, we do a, a lot of creative stuff, worship leading, songwriting in a very uh, contemporary African ways. And uh, we use very contemporary African expressions. And uh, so I've, I've been and journeyed with Worship Central for as long as Mark has been alive, which is, I think, about what, how old are you, Mark? 15 or what is it? <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, yeah, so, so a lot younger than you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I think my thoughts um, is uh, is my heart is really the theme for for the church here in South Africa. Um, with some of the stuff that that I've been a part of worship wise uh, has enabled me to to see different parts of the church in South Africa go to different places different expressions and um, so kind of have a, an, an idea of what's going on around the church and uh, with with the whole lockdown happening uh, just realizing how you know, churches were trying to figure out how we're going to continue church, how we're going to, you know, continue having our communities being connected uh, and and just seeing, you know, kind of the, the difference between the haves and the have-nots in South Africa, which is a real thing that we deal with. Um, there's a there's a major difference uh, between the haves and the have-nots. And, and, and with this lockdown, that's been more, uh, more prominent as well. So... Um, so if, if you know anything about South Africa, probably the churches within the, the suburban space, so the suburban churches make up less than 20% of the church community within South Africa. And, uh, and so it's within that suburban church space where you see people have access to resources to stream, have access to resources to kind of continue church online and on different, uh, on in different platforms. Um, and I think there's be there had been kind of like a scramble in the in the nation, you know, for people to kind of continue church, for them to continue doing church in some way or other. And uh, it was almost it almost felt like there was this uh, scramble for self preservation. Um, I think it, it was somewhat different to what you expressed. You, uh, I think churches were more just trying to keep keep this thing going. How can we keep keep our our people connected? How can we keep them fed, and uh, and I think it's also been. Uh, I mean, I hate I'd hate to put it this way, but somewhat of a seen as a competition, and it's and it's worse in that you know there's uh, I guess guys that do this really well, like your guys in, in the U.S. Your uh, uh, what is it? Your elevations and whatnot, and people are like, hey, we're competing with these people, and uh, and and kind of seeing church as a competition as opposed to, hey, we're one collective body, you know, across the world. And, uh, and so, so I guess the suburban church thing has kind of kept going on. And yet on the other side, you have 80% uh, of the, the church community, which is in peri-urban in townships or in rural areas. And they, their church services have stopped. Uh, there is no streaming there is no online because there's no access to resources. Uh, there's no access to uh, cell phones and, uh, you know, data costs are high. So people can't stream things. Um, and, uh, and so I, I've really just been kind of challenged in that, in, is that many of us that are in the suburban church world have very, have little to no clue as to what's happening in the 80%. And, uh, and, and there's no kind of assistance going from one side to the other, you know, from the haves to the, to the have-nots on, uh, on how we can continue to uh, encourage one another in the faith. And, uh, and, I mean, just thinking about Paul's analogy of the body in 1 Corinthians 12, 
you know, he speaks about, you know, when one part of the, the body rejoices, the whole part rejoices. And when one part of the body hurts, the whole part hurts. And, uh, and so just an encouragement is for those of us in spaces where kind of church is still happening, where we're still finding ways to, to uh, keep our faith communities encouraged, uh, we must realize that if there's a part of the body that's not encouraged, that's not thriving, we all suffer. So it's not just about our, our church or our community or our area, but it's about the whole body of Christ uh, within our nation. And so to really uh, begin to redirect our prayers, not just about our spaces or our communities, but just to say, how can we serve the church across our nation? Whether it's just pray. I mean, praying is a great way to start. It's a great place to start. Um, or even just finding some leaders within these other spaces to give them a call um, and just to encourage them, just to hold hands with them, pray for them, and then maybe even see if there are ways that we can practically serve and get alongside them in, in this trying time. Um, and so that's, that's really because if we're not all, thri- we're not all thriving, then truly the church isn't thriving. So the church may be may seem like it's thriving within our space, within our community, but if it's not thriving within the nation as a whole, the church isn't truly thriving. And uh, so that's really my, my thought and my encouragement. Uh, I know, you know, there's different nations represented here, and I'm sure also in different nations you have different church expressions. But just to say, hey, let's have a, a bird's-eye view of what is happening in the nation um, and not just about our our suburb or our area, our location, but just God, what are you doing in the nation? Um, how can we play a role and, and join hands with people across the nation to see the, na- the church across the nation uh, thrive and prosper in this hour? But, uh, but yeah, that's really just what I, I wanted to share today. Bro, thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's, it's so important. And it's so important just to remind us all just to, to lift our eyes to the, the bigger context of church and of the nations. And um, so, I mean, I've, I've known Langer for many, I've never met anyone like Langer who can lead across all different types of contexts. Mm. Um, never in my life met anyone who who's, um, can lead in a, in a stadium and also in a, in a suburb, in a township, under a tree, wherever it is, he is just the most incredible cross-cultural, uh, cross-context leader. So thanks, Langer. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, I mean, he speaks, um, he speaks humbly. Go, go look at We Will Worship, um, you know, the incredible multilingual cross-cultural uh, movement of, of worship songs. Um, they get tens of millions of views online. And it's, it's really special. Thank you, Langer. Great. Great. This was all unscripted and it worked out beautifully. And even the timing worked out beautifully. Well done. <laughs> that was amazing. So um, we are going to, we're going to end the call now. If you guys want to connect more um, with anyone, um, if you want to speak about, you know, fueling the fire of worship in your nation, um, why don't you just email info at worshipcentral.org, info at worshipcentral.org. Uh, We're in this together. It's exciting times. Lots of love, everyone. Cheers.